Hey guys, it's James. Um, as we said in the last episode, there's no new episode this week, no new material anyway. Um, between uh, Valentine's Day and all of our schedules, just didn't quite work out. So there will be a brand new episode out next week. Um, we'll have some reviews and some discussions. It's literally Thursday the 15th right now. I'm hours away from seeing Black Panther, so I can tell you that the next episode you hear, the new one, will be a Black Panther review from myself and Tina, and hopefully Nick as well. Plus there's a few trails that have dropped uh, and some interesting little tidbits uh, of news as well. And hopefully by then we'll be almost up to date with our Road to Infinity War. I know we've been a bit slow on it. I think we're three behind at this point or maybe almost four at this point. Um, we will try and rectify that and catch up uh, as well. So this is just like a little intro telling you what's to come. We have another Secret Origins episode this week. We're not going to leave you without anything to listen to. I wasn't sure which way to go with it, um, because obviously, or maybe not obviously, aside from That's What She Said, the show that we started doing together before Past Remote, I also had a little movie podcast I did with another guy uh, called The Chwoodcast Movie Club, which was a spin-off or sister podcast to another show I was doing called Chwoodcast. Uh, I decided to go with the old That's What She Said uh, episode at this rate, I think A, because you know... Tina and Nick and myself, so you're kind of aware of that uh, kind of grouping. I think it'd probably be easier just to play all those flashback episodes first, so whenever we miss an episode, we'll chuck one of those up, but once that's all done, I will start uh, using the archive of the Trudcast Movie Club, because even though you don't get that dynamic of Tina and Nick, you do kind of see the seeds of where Pastor and Mate came from. So it was myself and my friend Andrew, uh, and we sat around and talked about horror movies more than anything else, but it was a movie show. And um, it was, there's a lot of lists, I think the first episode was like a two episode about our favourite horror movies, um, and they were all quite long episodes as well. So we will get to that, but in the meantime, listen to this Secret Origins number two, the second ever episode of That's What She Said. Um, we, um, I imagine we talk about episode two and three of The Office, of season one, um, and you'll notice, if not in this one, then in a, in a, in a episode coming up, that... Uh, you'll see the seeds of Pastor Mode in there as well because we kind of stop talking about The Office and just start talking about movies and TV and suddenly we realise, hey, maybe we should do a show that's a little bit more broader than this very focused uh, commentary show. Anyway, that's enough for me. I've been going for a few minutes now, so uh, enjoy this flashback, this jump into the Wayback Machine, if you will. Uh, listen to these rank amateurs, uh, uh, these new podcasters on the edge of a world that don't even know what they're about to enter. And uh, we'll see you next week with a brand new show, a Black Panther review. I can't wait. I imagine it's only going to be positive, but you never know. But we'll see how that goes. So this is President Day James signing off. Take it away, past James. Okay. Easy. Let's okay. just... Head back to the desk. Yeah, you just can't come into my nook and call me stupid. Let's and maybe see. if you were a little bit more nice and polite, then people wouldn't give you such bad customer reviews. The reason that I got bad customer reviews is because I didn't. There is a massive conspiracy going on here, and I know you're involved. Dwight, get out of my nook. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Good one.
exhausted already. <laughs> can I just make one tiny little joke? Keep going. No, 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 yeah, keep going. I just want to make one tiny little joke. On my notes, it auto-corrected the sentence "little Jim and Pam moments" to "little Kim and Pan moments," <laughs> and that's just like the pan joke. Yeah. Did you want that to be part of the show? Or? Yes, it did. But you can you can mention that when the show starts. Show show I start when the show has started. I haven't done the intro yet. This, do it. Do it do now. It now. Hello listeners, this is a podcast about The Office. No, it's not. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I lost it. Wait, am I no, retelling no. this story? No, no, no. It's alright. I feel like too much time is recorded now. I think no, we're starting no, no, again. No, keep going. Okay. Welcome to That's What She Said, the show where we talk about The Office even though no one asked us to. Uh, I'm James Chalmers. I'm Tim. <laughs> We gave it a shot. Yeah. At least we tried, didn't we? Oh, yeah, I was going to introduce you guys this round, so... Oh, yeah, we'll just keep it in. Yeah. No, yeah. Keep it in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. I say, well, as always, within two episodes. Uh, the first of whom is a man responsible for my obsession with Emma Roberts, Nick Cradboard-Owen. Say hello. Thanks, James. Good to be back on day Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my other co-host is the woman responsible for me being alive. Uh, Tina, I couldn't think of a nickname, Harrington Eels. Yeah, because I should have killed you by now. No, because you feed me and keep me clean and clothed and stuff like that. Clean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I do like how, how cats keep cats clean, so yeah. it's just like a lick. Yeah. A it's... little knit in hair kind of scourging. That's... Well, this has been a textbook opening. <laughs> it uh, can only go up from here. I um I think it I think it's charming. Is it? Where we began. Yeah. Now we're saying to the lowest point of the show. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the show started. Um, we had a you guys should be proud of yourselves. We had a really big uh, opening episode last week. Record uh, numbers. Record yeah, numbers, and I don't I don't mean in the grand scale of things because we're not unlike most podcasts out on iTunes. Everyone tends to have a celebrity or some sort of figure of notoriety attached to them. We don't. We're uh, completely independent. So for us to get the numbers we did last week was really cool. We got the we tied second with the most numbers ever viewed on Twitcast history. Uh, and I think we had some of the biggest views in a long time. Like biggest downloads as well in a while. So not bad for the first episode of a show that people didn't ask. Yeah, yeah. 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 But now it's a sleeping juggernaut. Which doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it is a sleeping joke. I'm going to coin it. It's fine. Uh, what have you guys been up to? How was your week? Did nothing. What a review. Yeah. Well, that's not true. You have um, a new video out. because we, uh, yes, we didn't talk yes, about it last week. Yes, Tina, right. as well as being part of the Twitcast uh, Network now, yeah. is a, a vlogger. Yep, I am. I'm a beauty vlogger on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Tina's Hair and Beauty. Don't Google it. YouTube it. Because if you Google it, it probably won't come up on Google. Um, sure. Yeah, no, the unfortunate, very, very, very unfortunate passing of David Bowie the other day um, inspired me to do a David Bowie's New Stardust uh, makeup tutorial. Mm-hmm. And um, it, as horrible as it sounds, was fun to do. I don't think it sounds horrible because you, like, you mentioned before that you were concerned that people would think you're trying to. Kind of profit right, in a way. the coattails of his death. The coattails, even. Coattails of death. What did I say? <laughs> the coattails. The coattails. You can ride them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But um, but I disagree. Like because it's not like you've been chopping it down people's throats. You kind of mentioned it once. You're like, this is my way of honouring him and stuff. And I think that's cool. Yeah, and I I um I think I don't know. I I I really like him. I think he's an he's an inspiration to me certainly. Mm. Not just in music, but definitely in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to pay homage, as they say, to him. So yeah. And that's what you did this week? Um, <laughs> I got my camera. I got my new camera. Did we so talk about good. that last week? No, we did no. not. I don't think so. So there's new crisp footage as well. You're... Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And that's <laughs> about it. Being on holidays is really boring. Uh, says the person who was on holidays, I wish I was on holidays. No, I literally, today, all I did was I literally, like, went to the shops, bought mm. the groceries, came home. By the time I came home, it was 11 o'clock. I was like, great, what am I going to do for the rest of the day? And I literally just sat and watched a whole disc of Seinfeld. No, 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 I didn't. I watched... She's lying see, that's, see, that's the thing, because it's so boring, it all melts into one. That's what I did Yes, Not even yesterday, that's what I did the day before yesterday. No. Today I watched, like, a season of Would, it, Would I Lie to You? Oh. And then was on my computer looking at house designs. See, I thrive on holidays. Like when I'm on holidays, that's when I get my diet under control. That's when I get my exercise under control. Oh yeah, I've done. That's when I watch the stuff. most movies and stuff. It's crazy. Like I'm like, so I diet exercise. Dream catcher. That's true. You do. Amazing. Um, it's it's funny the dichotomy where I'm like, I thrive. You know, I exercise and I you know diet and I also watch heaps of movies. It's like, mm. yeah, I do nothing. I do nothing. You don't. You don't but have that's holidays. the thing. I need to do nothing because that's I spend true. the rest of the year doing everything. That's true. I need to do nothing for a couple of months. Weeks, I should say. What do you have to complain about, Nick? Uh, not much. I yeah, it was just a bit whingy, wasn't it? It's been going, oh, I'm so sad that I'm on holidays. You know what really sucks? Being on holidays for six weeks. Oh, I'm being paid for it. That really sucks. That's not what I meant. <laughs> well, good clarification. <laughs> Me? Yes, go for it. Yeah, no, I've had a few days off work, so I've been on a pretty gruelling Netflix schedule. Nice. Binged, uh... Making a murder in one day. Yeah, I haven't um, I haven't watched that yet. But, um, it's I good. It. Yeah, it is very good. I was going to introduce this originally as the podcast, <laughs> the best podcast in serial and the more topical show since Making a Murder. But then, <laughs> you know, yeah, so. you've said it now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I'm on Hannibal, you know. Nice. Same old. And you went, did you end up going to see The Revenant? I did. You did? I did. I already knew that, but yeah. the theatrics of the show. Yeah, Segway Chalmers was falling in. Because I ride on two wheels. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fantastic. You ride on their tight cows. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. I recommend it mm-hmm. to all seventy listeners. Or more. One hundred forty by this week. It's going to double. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to double and <coughs> treble oh, yeah. even. You haven't seen it? Go see it. I have not seen that. Last week we have nice. Last week we um. I made the pack. I'm like, I'm going to come with you and see it, and then I forgot to message you. And then yeah, I just didn't I just forgot to invite you. That's okay. Well, I invited myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and the thing is, I probably won't see it in cinemas this weekend because Hate the Late's out this weekend, and I'm probably going to go and see that. You can see it on 50 mil? 70 mil? That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I don't know whether they're actually doing that in Australia and which cinemas. Yeah, I think they're doing it at the Nova Cinema or something. See, that's the thing. As much as I really want to see it, and I do have three days off, I don't know if I want to drive all the way into the city just to go see it. All right. Done. We can end the show. It's so. <laughs> Um, and I also watched the other morning, I watched Ex Machina. Oh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I said it, I, I pronounced it Ex Machina at a party a few, a few months ago, and everyone was like, Ex Machina. I'm like, yeah. I've never heard of 
Well, I guess I guess it makes sense because I was like more like sex machine, and no one laughed at that joke. And I guess they're like this idiot company. It's good though, right? Um, possibly one of my favorite movies of 2015. Wow! I watched it like a few days after I released my top movies of 2015 list. I was like, damn it, this is actually better than most stuff that I announced. Uh, I don't look. I liked uh, Oscar Isaac in it. Really he's good. He's good villain. Good. Like, because it, it's not a typical villain role, but he is like a bad guy and stuff. I don't think I've seen him not be good. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. Even uh, in Sucker Punch, which is a movie that I really like, but a lot of people didn't like, he's really good in that movie as well. Um, and uh, Donald Gleason as the, uh, the young man, quite good. And Alicia Vikander, is that her name? Mm, Swedish know. girl. Uh, really good. Like it's essentially three people in a room, like for the entire yeah, the entire film, um, which I like. It's I saw a film a few years ago called Disappearance of Alice Creed, and very different subject matter. But it's just three people in a room. And it's like I love seeing kind of stripped down and, and just performances. No, good film. Tina did not watch it because she was asleep. Was it in the morning? Yes, it was in the morning. Yeah. But. But now you're going to talk about episode 2 and episode 3 of The Office. We are. And you know what I forgot to do is look up what the episodes are called. Because they do... Oh, well, actually... Diversity Day. Diversity Day. And, and the third one is... Health care plan or something. Possibly. Let's... I'll confirm it with my resources. <clears throat> the health yeah. plan. Health plan. There you go. Didn't even need to confirm it. You are my resource. I did think we'd probably get like, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour of banter down. We've been doing it for less than 10. That's okay. <laughs> what do you think of these two episodes? I'll go... Diversity Day. What do you guys think of it? Oh, I, I it, again because it's been such a long time since I've seen season one. It was nice to come back to it and not expect the jokes. Yeah, well, that's really the thing because we like well, first of all, Tina. It's like watching it for the first time again. Kind of was. Mm. Tina and I did our homework this week and actually watched the episodes. Yeah. Um, unlike unlike last time, but also it's it's true. Like because we write off season one so frequently, we're kind of like, look, it's season one is a battle. Get through season one and then it becomes this amazing show. Two and three are two of the best seasons. Of any television ever, but yeah, watching these two episodes, especially, I want to say Diversity Day. There's some really great jokes, there. and also like again, at one point in my notes, I was like, this episode makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, and it kind of nails that um, feeling you get from watching the British office, where they're almost like that kind of raw kind of feeling of Ooh, and like cringing is almost on par with elements of the British office. Yeah, so. Exactly, yeah. um, there is part of me where I'm like, oh, I see why they were almost cancelled because a lot of American audiences wouldn't get that, and because they do get racist, in it. like it is racist. Like, <laughs> and granted, they use the idiot character of Michael to perform the racist act, so you know that it's not the right way to behave. But it's very jarring. I can imagine, you know, kind of mainstream American audiences not gelling to it. So it is kind of amazing that they did that, got away with it, and then went on for another eight seasons. I heartily agree. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. You, you, you're so right. It's, I think it's, it's almost separate from season two onwards in that cringe-worthy comedy. I mean, there are moments of that, but this entire episode... The cringing is different. Like, this is... I think this is playing more... Like, at least in that episode, um, the diversity one, is much more challenging. Where you sit and you kind of have to be like... You have to be like, this is a character I'm supposed to like, yet he's behaving in a way that I don't approve of. I imagine most people are watching that. And you're like, I still want to try and like him. It's being very hard. Later on, the cringeworthy stuff is just the stuff where you get embarrassed for them because it's yeah. so, like, again, like the rational consumer, like the same last week, and <laughs> pretty much anything Andy does ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, maybe we should just get into it, man. Like, I think so. 
Unless anyone has any objections or any notes from the week they want to discuss before we get stuck in. No. Yeah, nothing. I don't think anything else exciting, exciting really happened. Um, next week, I'll probably... Next week, I will probably watch The Revenant, I think, so we can discuss The Revenant in a spoilerific chat. <laughs> um, there's a dog under the table. Hopefully no one barks this week, but we can't make any promises. <laughs> and now I'm just playing time. Tina, do you want to hit play? For, oh, actually, before you do, for those watching at home, you may press play in a second. Will we press play? Uh, Three. Two, it's like when they take a photo with Nate, and he's like, all right, so jump on three. Yeah. Three, two, wait, are we jumping on three? Are we jumping you know, that's on not, last week we said, like, who is your favorite character? Nate is someone we can yeah, oh to mention. Oh, my God, I love Nate he's a, so much. He doesn't appear till like, I want to say season six. It's when mm-hmm. Dwight becomes the building manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might even be yeah, later. He comes a little bit before that. You think? It's yeah. possible. But then he only shows up for like an episode and then goes away and then comes back when he's hired yeah. for the warehouse. Oh my god. Uh, and the Valentine's Day episode has oh, some great so moments in it. It's so good. I just um, love, I, I, I love my, I'm just sorry, like, sorry I have a hearing problem. I'm not technically deaf. <laughs> Oh, I think it finished the quote. Oh, I couldn't remember the rest of the quote, so that's fine. Uh, and the Christmas celebration when they dance to the heavy metal version of Carol's Yeah, Bells. yeah, yeah. And he's wearing a vest and a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so much. I like him from his outfit, but not the rest of his quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you a stick, a stick of gum anywhere, anytime. I'll find you. Thank you for my beautiful gloves. Oh my god, Daryl, they're so nice. <laughs> Alright, we're going to press play. On three. One, two, three. And there's the pen paper building, the Scranton sign, that ridiculous hairdo that Michael has. Mm. It's tough. He still does look like a bag of shit in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty nice. Look. I like how you try to censor it. You're yeah. like, how can I put this eloquently? A bag of shit. Yeah. Um, we were talking last week as well about like how they're all good performers and like, like award-winning actors. We kind of forgot the fact that um, uh, Steve Perot was nominated for an Oscar last year. Foxcatcher. Yes, yeah, he was. Simpsons doll wearing yeah, something there's, different. There's Homer. So I didn't notice that. But... He's not wearing his usual clothes. Um, that's Mr. Brown. It <laughs> 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 always just reminds me of when um, Donald Glover's like Mr. Brown browned his pants. This story from when he was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Mr. Brown, their teacher, farted. <laughs> I am... Um, one thing, I, one of the notes that I mentioned is it's this. I mean, we said it's filmed in an actual office building in season one, and then moves to a stage. But it's very darkly lit. Yeah, um, the lighting's very, cool. and that's because that would be because it's in a, an actual yeah. office. I love how he redacts the information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that last time, but I'm glad you pointed it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I also think it's interesting. One thing I noticed about this episode is that Michael isn't wearing a jacket. And if you yeah, look at the it office, looks so weird with him just wearing a shirt. It's jarring. I thought, like, when I saw it and we were watching the pilot, I was like, I thought it was the hairdo that was really putting, like, making him feel weird. But then I was like, oh, it's the absence of the jacket. Because yeah, then in the yeah. next episode, it's on. Yeah. He's just seeing him in the full... Because he sits yeah. down and... And he's like, really, like, his collar looks so tight here. It looks like it's choking him. Um, the subplot in this is really interesting because the whole time, aside from the whole diversity um, storyline... Jim's trying to make a big sale. Like he talks about how like it's worth twenty five percent of his um, yearly income, or whatever. And at the end of the episode, spoilers, he loses the sale to Dwight. And you're like, oh, Dwight, like one one over him. But it ends up resulting in him having a really nice moment with Pam. Yeah, which I was. I've got that regular mention at the end of the episode. But yeah, it is 
one of those, I think they continue that throughout the first season, just setting that up. Can I also just make a reference to a future episode where Kevin's shredding everything? It's like, this shredder can shred anything. It can shred a magazine. It can shred a credit card. <laughs> and then, and he's, then he's later using it to shred up lettuce. He's making a salad, yeah. And the thing is like, Kevin would never eat a salad. <laughs> I like, no. He, uh, it he was dressing in the actual shredder. <laughs> he doesn't say that it can shred a magazine. He says later, he goes... Something else. He goes, um, we need a new shredder. This one sucks. It won't even yeah. shred a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is very realistic flirting. Like, have you ever seen, like witnessed flirting in the workplace? This is very close to what it's like. Have you witnessed flirting in the workplace, James? Um, I have done in flirting actual, in the workplace. In an actual, like, office workplace? Not in an office, but, like, before, like, whenever I used to work, like, teenagers or whatever, I'd find an excuse to talk to a girl, and it'd be about, I'd be like, oh, so oh, you're doing that. I'm so interested. Yes. I love when he wants to look at the same time. Because he always wants to impress people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that integral need. To like be loved. be loved and make people like not like like him. There's a lot of stuff I mentioned. I wonder if it's in this episode or the next episode. I don't want to bring it up too early. Um, no, it must be the next episode. So I'll leave it for now. Um, <laughs> so Michael Scott being two fifteenths Native American. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, there were a couple of things as well, like Dwight isn't wearing... But the fact that he also weren't, sorry to interrupt, but the fact that he also weren't let his salesman finish a sale... Yeah, yeah. I think that sums him up. It's, it's not really, he's not there for the job, he's there for the people. Well, mm-hmm. actually, you know, I will say now, in the next episode, he refers to, he constantly refers to the office as a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he also talks about how, like, um, his staff are like, I love you. We, yeah, we yeah, love yeah, you, yeah, Michael. We love you, yeah. And that's, like, really undercut later, but... There's a dog between my legs, so I just got caught off guard. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. that's the name of the show. Um, it gets undercut like later when you see that episode where it's um, they bring your daughter to work day or whatever, and he shows that video when he was a oh, child. Oh, yeah. God, that just breaks So heartbreaking. Heart. Yeah. Shatters uh, my heart. Uh, the thing yeah. I was going to say that's nowhere near as touching as that is that Dwight is not wearing a mustard-coloured shirt in this episode either. Very true. He's wearing like a grey shirt. Go on, sorry, Nick, you had a point? I don't think I did. <laughs> Um, there's another thing as well then if you didn't have anything to say um, we missed it already but at one point he talks about how corporate uh, he wanted to host a diversity day um, but corporate beat him to it he refers to corporate as bastards yeah and it's such a weird thing because he never really he never really says anything derogatory or, or swears in that manner like oh, I feel his face what was when the um, white, when white's like I'm really attracted to two races white and Indian yeah. and he's like shit um and she doesn't have a lot to do in this um, this season either. Like she becomes like a main player later, but she was only meant to be in it for a couple episodes as well. The same with Toby and with Ryan the Temp. I think they're all meant to only yeah. be in, and they became main roles. Uh, are they all writers or producers? Uh, Kelly is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Mindy Kaling is, and so is Bj Novak who plays Ryan, yeah. and Paul Leverson who plays Toby was a producer. But yes, you're correct. Oh, well, you not just got scared by the dog. Well, <laughs> I will not call you Mr. Brown. Well, you can, because it's my name. Um, the first half, I find the first half of this episode is quite boring until he decides to host his own diversity meeting. I actually meeting. have a really important note here, and this is the same, it's, it's the same template that you see in all the episodes. What ends up happening is that Michael does something wrong. Um, someone higher up than him comes in 
and tried to subdue him. Mm. And when he sub- when he's subdued and when he like finally caves and gives in, the next half of the show is him coming back even worse. Yeah. So like you yeah. see him like in the episodes like you know when Charles is like. <laughs> Um, you know, pushing him down and pushing him and down, something like that, or like, or Jan is, and then he comes back, and like, what he ends up doing is so much worse mm. than yeah. what he first did in the first place. So yeah. I like how you start to see that formula yeah. here in the, this in this episode. I think the difference is though, like later on, there's a redeeming quality about him. Like we talked about yeah. a little bit last week as well. How um, in the first season, there's nothing likable about him. Once he goes down yeah. that track, like because he doesn't, he doesn't admit that he's wrong or doesn't realize mm-hmm. his flaws. Like there's a great episode a lot later on when Phyllis is Santa, yeah. and so he gets really angry just as Santa, and then he dresses up as Jesus, yeah. and then he gets really angry and ruins a Christmas party, and then he comes back as himself. Is yeah. like, and see that's the thing that goes back into the formula again because he was Santa, and then Jim goes and pushes him down and says, "No, you can't be Santa," and so then he makes the situation even worse by being, you know, <laughs> abusive Jesus. Yeah. And what I also love about this is that it's setting up his character as always being a performer. It's always got to do with performance for him. It's never got to do with, like, just being genuine. It's always got to do with the act. Like, you know, I meant, like, in the next episode when he just says how he's an improv artist and he thrives off this sort of stuff. Yeah, like and that. then cutting from it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. he wants to have an improv battle with Robin Williams. Or, like, like <laughs> In the later episodes, when he um, actually goes to improv class, and he's like, the way I got into improv is, how I got, how I got into improv was this guy in a Ferrari comes yeah. up to me and he goes, hey, you're funny, you're the funniest guy in the world, or I'm not, and then I, he yeah. says the name, and he's like, and that is how I got into improv. He goes, yeah, he goes um, the real way I got into improv is, uh, I saw an act. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another another point that I noticed is the first point I wrote down that I forgot to mention it is and it's just like a character thing. Phyllis's hair is ridiculous in this season, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yes. It's long and it's straight and it's grey, mm. like it smacks of someone who's not gonna yeah. have a part in this season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do like how they set up a, a this early joke in this episode of um, Dwight's response to what a hero is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because later on in the um, in another episode he's talking about I'm not a hero, like when, when um that's right. Uh, Roy goes to punch uh, yeah. Jim. Yeah. He's like, I'm not a hero. You know who the real heroes are? The guys are going to work every day, yeah. working hard, and then they go home and they put on a cape <laughs> yeah. and defend the city and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Oh, I love that. I love how he, he, be, he doesn't change. Like, Rain Wilson got it so right from the offset and then just, like, continued that through. He changes in terms of, like, certain aspects. Like, he becomes more friends with Jim and personable and stuff like that. But if you just imagine, you know, Jim leaves and then somebody else takes his place, Dwight's going to be right back at square yeah. one with that person. He, like, I hate this yeah. person. He does stuff. show growth. Like, there is, he doesn't, like, you're right, he doesn't change too much. But he does show growth, unlike a show like The Big Bang Theory where... His personality doesn't change. Where, he, he, the, the way he interacts with the people that he works with changes. Like, if you compare him to, like, Sheldon The Big Bang Theory, which I haven't yeah. watched in a few years now, but... It seems like he never ever evolves. So apparently, like he was f- starting to fall in love with the girl he's been dating for six years or whatever. Mm. Like he's starting to like her. But I, and if you watch that show, like no one really evolves in that compared to this show, which is why I think also The Office is <laughs> smarter than people give it credit for. Like there is very human moments and human growth in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is why I cry so many goddamn times on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I also like that the whole point of the diversity day is that everyone ratted on Michael. Yeah. Like, yeah. He thought he was being really funny and everyone reported him. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing, like, it happens all the time. Like, so many times in future episodes, like, he gets ratted on. Mm. But I think later on there are people who do empathise with Michael and he is a more kind of sympathetic character. Yeah. But here he's not like well, just... I think it's the people who've been around with him the longest, which is your gyms and your pens. Mm. Like, if you notice this, like, I, I wrote this down as well, like, he signed his, um, like, the paperwork Daffy Duck yeah. and then laughs as if, like, it's a huge joke and it's like, no, like... He was really offensive in this show yeah. up until this point, so there is no remorse there. Yeah. I mean, like, I think he's just a child deep down, really. Yes. I, mean, I was going to say he's a brandy child. Which yeah. to my next point. I see so many of my students in Michael. <laughs> yeah. Like, so many of my students are lovely. They're really, really nice in case they're listening. Um, but they're they're, because they're teenagers and Michael is essentially a man-child... Like you just you just see it, and so sometimes it makes sometimes it makes me laugh, and sometimes it makes me really angry. Like this moment right here, where he's just ripped up the paper and thrown it on the ground. This is obviously the second time we've watched this episode in two days, and the second time the thoughts got into my head: Who's going to pick that up? Who's <laughs> going to pick that? If Michael does not pick that up, if he makes somebody else pick that up, I'm not going to be happy. I bet you. So, I can. I can tell you who picks it up. Pam picks it up. Yeah, Pam will be the one. Pam is the one who picks it up. Definitely. See, he just says me what's what. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny because in the next episode, he comes to another kind of point of. Uh, I just love the sign where it's made of like the printed copy of paper, or whatever. Oh, yeah. But in the next episode, like he comes to a point where he doesn't want to make a decision, so he just locks himself in the opposite yeah. of his strong yeah, responsibility. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, this is also a great moment here. Yeah, the Toby moment. The, yeah, <laughs> the beginning of his hatred of Toby. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And it's one of those things where everyone laughed at the joke as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poor Toby. Poor Toby. But at the same time, not poor Toby. Because, like, on one hand you feel bad for him, and the other hand you're just like, oh yeah, my god, you, Toby, you, just like... You do learn to hate him, don't you? Yeah. This version of Toby, though, I do like. It isn't until... maybe he's, Oh, like, when he's, like... Um, Chaz Slenderman? Yeah, the Chaz Slenderman. I, I think it's... I think it's... Like, strangler and stuff like that. I think it's post... Um, Oh, where does he go on holiday? Costa Rica. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. post Costa Rica. Because also... But even before... He's a pretty shit HR rep. Like, he just goes... Oh, just yeah, right. But okay, if, you remember, if you remember yeah. his origins... Oh, I love this. He's got to look at this. <laughs> his training video. <laughs> this makes me think also of the training video you see from um, Sable later on. Where, like, Christian Slater's yeah. just saying yeah. a bunch of random buzzwords. Yeah. My note for this was, I love how the video is just a threat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not... Anything but an actual threat. <laughs> and it also is a precursor to um, to threat Little Midnight in a way, whereas like he's got Dwight helping him make him like yeah. Dwight was yeah, the only yeah. one who was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like and scra- and and Scranton. Lazy Scranton. Lazy Scranton. Not Scranton. Lazy Scranton. It's also a precursor to the numerous uh, meetings that could go probably in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a shame they don't have that little DVD sign bouncing yeah. around yeah. waiting, <laughs> yeah. waiting for it to jump into yeah. the corner. Which is funny, because this isn't even pre-DVD. This is maybe just pre-Blu-ray. Oh, 2004. Yeah, pre-Blu-ray, but not pre-DVD. Yeah, no. Yeah, the technology here is just so old. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I always... That's what I find so interesting about this show on the whole, 
is that they seem to be like around about six or seven years behind. Mm. It's like, you know what Michael says about, you know, real business is done on paper and all this kind of stuff like that. And then you just look at the printed sign. Yeah. Like, it's clearly from a printer that I had when I was like yeah. six. Yeah. I remember we had that printer. Yeah. And even when I was six, that was an old yeah. printer. It's also reminiscent of It Is Your Birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that as I was talking. There's another point that I, I made. I don't think we've seen it yet, but it's coming up. If you notice, the only person who's not in that meeting is Ryan. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ryan's just, just sitting, sitting, he's sitting next to the desk. Like, <laughs> it's like, because he's in this, isn't he? He's in yeah, 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 yeah. He, and he's like, Jim walks out, and Ryan's just sitting there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard this. Uh, see, this is where Oscar, like, sets him up for it. Sort of thing like that. Like, Michael's trying to be, like... You know, is, is there a term that's... Because he's ignorant, obviously, yeah. he's so ignorant. And then Oscar's just like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. But uh, I don't find Oscar annoying here. And also, like, this is pre-gay Oscar as well. I mean, I assume the character... I assume the character was gay from the beginning. Is there an offensive term than gay? Sorry? So, is there not? I was just pulling on the Michael oh, jerks. pre-gay. Like that? Yeah. I it's pre-gay. No, because, like, Michael... Yeah. Here, there is a... Sit yeah, down on the couch. Yeah, sit down on the couch. <laughs> Chilling. Just chilling, not doing anything. Now, this uh, is a great joke. Yeah. To have all the uh, all of them put a race on their forehead. Race, yeah. <laughs> it's the most racist version of celebrity. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But I also love what he puts on his head, which he selected personally for yeah. Martin Luther King. Just so we can make that joke? Yeah, yeah. No, I think because he thinks that he's as good as Martin Luther yeah, King. Yeah, I think that's his. But also, he says, like, he says, I have a dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Stanley getting the African American. <laughs> that's that's really offensive when he says "get done," which is like a really offensive term um, in America because that's what like slave drivers and stuff would say. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, wow. we're not like we were watching yesterday, and I laughed, but it wasn't like oh, that's a pretty. It was like a horrifying. I'm like, oh my god, how did they just so say that? Like, get it done. Get, get it done. Like it's oh, a very like kind of okay, southern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm not sure what he wants from this. They're just uh, interacting <laughs> yeah. politely because yeah, he's trying to teach. Um, like uh, diversity it's stuff, like but they're he's all trying to show that anyone can be racist. Yeah, sort of thing. You know, he's trying to push. He's trying to push that racism. Um, and I think it's because he's trying to bring them down to his level, so he feels yeah. better about yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, oh, I love Dwight's Australian accent, which comes yeah. up. Yeah. When um, Pam says, "I like your food," up that stage. Australian meat. <laughs> yeah. Does he say good day as well? No, I don't think he does. Instead of melting pot. <laughs> I um, think the best interaction here is between uh, Kevin and Angela, for sure. Yes, yeah. 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 I didn't write so many notes here because there, there are a couple of like things left in the episode that I that suck up. But I think I was just laughing at the, the interaction at this point. Yeah. You want to get high? Yeah. <laughs> I think you do, man. Yes. <laughs> and doesn't he later be like, like a meatball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and this Pam's, is... Pam's Jewish card? Yeah. Yeah. This, I must this... get a loan. <laughs> this moment here I really thought was unusual because... Uh, it's interesting because they're talking about a girl on the screen and he thinks the gym thinks they're talking about yeah, Pam. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he realises, he goes, oh yeah, she's hot. But that's the only time you ever really t- hear Jim talk about women 
Yeah. In any kind of, I don't want to say lustful, because it's not lustful, but it, oh, this is the bit you like, the Jamaican guy. Yeah. yeah. But like, I was thinking about it, like, that Jim is maybe the most unrealistic male character I've ever seen, because at one point, um, like, later on, you know, Kevin asks about, like, who he thinks is pretty, and he mentions boobs and stuff. And even though Jim's a really respectful and, like, nice character, in the company of one other man, I'm sure... I mean, maybe it's because he doesn't trust Kevin to keep his mouth shut. But at the same time, like, I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, she's cute. Or yeah, nice yeah, boobs. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, this bit is what's making you really uncomfortable. Yeah. What's he saying? <laughs> He's just saying random stuff in an Indian accent. But it is... This is a redeemable moment because of what happens next. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like fake as well. Sorry? I'm pretty sure that's like fake. Oh, of course. Yeah, but yeah. it's redeemed even more so when he holds back tears. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I love... Oh, right. I just like the way he tries to claim it. He's like, finally, she's yes, yeah, she's picked she it up. Yeah. It. She <laughs> <understands>. <laughs> <laughs> the breaking of the voice. Yeah. Oh, he's good, man. He's oh. And yeah, this is the after he stormed out thing. Because it's, it's the first of many where he storms out. Yeah. That is the opening credits moment. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of the... He seems to take the... He takes the theft of his big sale pretty well, don't you think? Well, I think he does at the end because of what happens. Because mm-hmm. I think he... Because like, he does look... He does look bummed out or whatever. And Jim's not the kind of guy until a lot later where he... He's not the kind of guy that gets angry. Yeah. Um, and also, I think in this situation, he feels like... It, even though it's Michael's fault mainly, it's partially his fault because instead of, you know... Persisting and trying to get this out, he's like, I guess I'll go along with Michael's yeah, crap, and that's yeah, what. Yeah. And that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. constant throughout yeah. the show, mm-hmm. where he's constantly making sacrifices to deal with Michael's stuff. Like when mm-hmm. they, but that could also go hand in hand with the fact that he doesn't really give a shit about his job. That's the other thing. I think yeah. they mentioned in the next episode where he goes, you know, he I, does, he doesn't want yeah, to I want this to be a career. Yeah. yeah, and then like he's there for <laughs> for nine yeah. seasons or whatever. And that's the other thing I, I was thinking about yesterday, where. It's a very... I find it can be very accurate at the show, except for the fact that in nine years, there's almost no turnover. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's like, right. they lose Devin in season one, and... Oh, no, the... you got your Andy, and you got your Karen for the Pelly, and... I mean, like, there's no... Like, no one leaves. Like, and I find most companies... And maybe, you know, back in 2004, it was a time where people weren't changing. It was right on the crest of that new wave of people don't keep careers yeah. for more than a few years. But even still, like, it does finish in 2013, 2014. Like, you would think that people leave and no yeah, one does. what other places would be hiring if you're just working at a Well, I mean, that is that true and it is... Yeah. See, this is a really nice moment. See, this, is, this is always the payoff. This mm. great moment where Anne's asleep and he doesn't wake her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. That is a, a very... And you can tell he, like, he doesn't want it to end. Yeah. He sort of feels that it should, like, especially after the seat looking at the camera crew. Yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. So, a very adorable mid-twenties... Uh, Jim and Pam. Yeah. I can't remember their acting well, names. Well, as my notes say, Little King and Pam, Pam. moments. <laughs> That's when Dwight's concussed. Yeah, Pam. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. Which is something that me and James say to each other on a daily basis. <laughs> I, um, Every time we say thank you, we're like, Thanks, Pam. And that Thanks, is the Pam. end of... That's it. That's that is the end of that episode, Diversity Day. I, um, the other thing is, that episode does end with him pretty much letting the camera crew know how he feels. Yeah, He's like, yeah. Because they are in on it from the beginning. Because yeah. then you do see, like, at the end, when they show the... When Pam sees the video of, like, kind of their relationship or whatever. Yeah, Another yeah. moment that makes me cry. Um, Should we be spoiling? Are we, are we... I don't think we're... I think we're kind of... We're not being too specific in the stuff we're talking yeah. about, but also... 
I feel like if people haven't watched The Office by now, or at least started watching The Office, they either don't care, or don't care about the spoilers. Yeah, like, uh, yeah you're probably right. I doubt anyone's listening to this who hasn't seen it. And also, you probably, you probably don't want to... I mean, it depends. Like, if people are listening to this while they're watching the show, that's one thing. Like, watch the episode before you listen to the commentary, if you haven't seen the episode before. But ultimately, like, if people listen to this in their cars, when their iPods or whatever, like, the show's not there to accommodate anyway. So I don't know how good the commentary will be if you're not watching the episode. Yes. But we do pretty much narrate what's happening anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to queue up the next episode. Uh, so thoughts on Diversity Day? Loved it. Yeah, good. Loved it. it I good. think it's probably the best episode in season one. Well, we haven't watched all of them recently, so... It's the best episode of the first two. <laughs> yeah, the best two, yeah. I might argue of the first three. Yeah, I would argue of the first three. Uh, also, this episode does have some really great Dwight moments. There's some really yeah. great stuff in episode three. This is three. more Dwight. I feel like this is more Dwight's story. Than uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's the first time we actually get an extended look at him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really. Just to been... the extent of the craziness that he that he can That's get right. to. But I will say that episode makes me very uncomfortable. Like, I was sitting there yesterday, and I was like, I don't know if I like it or not. Like, there's some great jokes in there, but yeah. some of the Michael stuff is really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first half, like with the um, with Mr. Brown in it, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't care for that part at all. And also, I was like, why isn't Toby hosting this meeting? Yeah. Well, because Michael wants to. Yeah. Well, I think also, I think I think the real answer is that Toby yeah. wasn't a, a character at that point. He was just a guy sitting in the room. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Um, no, that's right. This episode does have right? one of my favorite moments, though, which is when uh, Timothy locks uh, <laughs> Dwight in the conference room. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then they have the ice cream sandwiches, and he's <laughs> throws <laughs> it at the glass. Which I had a very good point about that, but I'm not about the ice cream sandwich, but locking him in the room and stuff. But I'm not going to bring it yeah, up. Save it. To save it. it. Shave it for later. Mm. Shall we start the uh, episode? We will. You can hit play if you want. I'll just get into my next episode. We're going to press play on three. One, two, three. And there's I have no notes for this, so I'm freewheeling. I just have a couple, like, just a very little... This is one thing. It took me three episodes to notice it. In mm. season one at this stage, no pre-credit sequences. No, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Which yeah, I think... Is, is fine, because we don't know the characters well enough to... Yeah, a little sketch. Right. We're not going to know them, yeah. you know? I will also say, maybe one of my favourite TV show theme songs. I think, like, all of them, I get bored of it, I have to say. Oh, really? No, I don't think we've ever skipped through the credits. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't think we have. Because it's not very long. There is a longer version of it. Um, oh, this is another excellent moment. And it's Ma- a really short version. This is a version of Michael uh, showboating to the camera. Yeah. yeah. Asking for the messages she already gave him. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is right out of UK version. Uh. Like, out of page. See, now he's starting to look a little bit more like the Michael Scott that we know and yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so shocking because I think uh, the first episode of season two, which is the Dundee episode. Mm, that's a great episode. Yeah, this is handsome Dundies. guy. <laughs> this handsome guy rocks up with a full head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he's, I think it's just the way he combs it. Like, he's combed it right back so you can see, like, yeah. but yeah. he's starting to lose his hair. Mm. Um, well, that being said, like, Steve Farrell still has a full head of hair. Um... So this is the episode where he has to choose the healthcare plan, and he wants to do the uh, the best one possible well, acupuncture because he wants to be loved by his yeah, employees. Yeah. And then he realizes that Dunder Mifflin wants them to spend as little money as mm. possible, which is an interesting foreshadow because, as we learn later on, Dunder Mifflin is not financially viable oh, as a yeah. company, um, which is a great. This makes me think Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. <laughs> uh, second appearance of uh, Jane Levinson Gould. No yes. Gould. But there's still a... Oh, it's still gold yeah, it's still gold at this point. 
Did I not say jam? You said jam. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember Levens and Ghouls. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, he's already mentioned the officers as his family. And he's because I can't hear it that well in the subtitles, but that's okay. Um, I like that he recommends the gold player to her. <laughs> and she says, I'm not even on that. It's like, well, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's real. Look how uh, angry he is. Under pressure he is. Yeah. You can just see the cogs in his brain, like... That is an ex- that's an expression like, you see up. frequently in the show. Yeah. Uh, his suit also looks very big. Yeah, quite yeah. oversized. Yeah. Um, you wonder how he got the job. You wonder what sort of management put him in charge. Well, they said, they said he was um, in sales for 15 yeah. years, and, like, a photo of him with the mullet. With the mullet, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. And so I think I think it was literally just a case of like he was just top salesman. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I think there's also that, that, that Ed Trump left. Yeah, Ed and Trump was no... and that was it. And because he was the top one, so it was like if Michael left, it was supposed to be Dwight who yeah. take his place. And it's also because there's also a pre-David Wallace Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. A Dunder Mifflin that doesn't um like to hire from the outside and stuff. They were actually yeah. working with him, so that's probably how he got the job. Some. Uh, and this is the first of many ham-fisted segues where he defers responsibility to someone who's not qualified. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. he doesn't want to make the hard decision. Mm. And he does try to give it to Jim, who probably is the best person yeah, exactly. for yeah. the job, but this is a pre-caring about the company Jim as well, so. I had an interesting note on my um, phone here, mm. because um, obviously, like, Michael passes everything to his number two, Dwight, and I said um, that Michael is too forgiving of Dwight, and the only reason he's forgiving of Dwight for all of like the, the bad things that Dwight does, or the way that Dwight messes up everything, is because Michael needs Dwight's undivided attention. <laughs> because Mike, because Dwight's the only one who feeds his ego, yes. who feeds his ego. Yeah, it, um, sort of thing. It's, it makes me think of the Nelly line when Nelly talks about um, who's is it? Joan is Joan from Tallahassee. Oh, no, it's Joe. 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 And he told, there's a line later on where Nelly's like, um, I'm her best friend. She's not she's mine, not, but not I'm her best friend. friend. And that's very much what Mike, yeah. uh, Michael and Dwight are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's funny, because even later on, like, at the very end, spoiling it a little bit, Dwight does refer to, oh, I think he refers to Pam as his best friend. Yeah, he yes. does. Yeah, um, he he never, like, considers Michael his best friend, even though Michael does finally, like, I think because he doesn't respect Michael. I think he does at the end. I think, like, by the time Michael goes, especially when they have that paintball fight and stuff, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he writes that really lovely letter of recommendation to I shoot Rex in workspace, yeah. I love yeah. that as well. But uh, there's, a, there's a large chunk of the show where I, don't, I feel like Dwight only shows respect to Michael because he's in that position, yeah. not because Michael has earned that respect. Well, I think he thinks... Yeah, that's exactly right. I think well, if you just Dwight think about the Apprentice episodes, very, yeah, <laughs> Michael well, is a very, um, <laughs> you know, flippant character, and he likes people of strong character yeah. to get behind. But because Michael's the biggest fish in the pond, yeah, that's the only fish that he. This is one of my favorite lines of the episode. Where he goes, "I'm not dead. I'm the lion. You're dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think you're right there. Mm-hmm. I reckon you could see that in. You know the episode, I think it'll be in season two or three, when uh, Michael gets his condo. Yeah. yeah and yeah, he, yeah. he's letting Dwight move in as a favour, mm-hmm. even though he wants his rent. And he's talking about bringing his terrarium. Yeah. <laughs> and he's oh, like, aquarium. oh, you mean the aquarium? And it looks like it's a camera. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's 
one of the best things in the whole show. Um, and that is, again, like, that is a very good point about their relationship because first, um, Dwight's like, oh, I could rent out the spare room and Michael doesn't want him to and then yeah. when he realises how much it's going to cost, he's like, oh, I'll let you rent out yeah. the spare room. Yeah, yeah. But then you have other moments when, you know, like he takes, Dwight takes um, Michael to the, the forest so that he can do like a big grill type yeah. thing with Michael and Michael's side. Yeah. He makes the hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, out of his pants. Yeah, very durable pants. Yeah. He makes a hat. <laughs> Uh, I also made a note, and I haven't seen it yet, but it, it must have come up on the screen. Um, Angela is wearing her very Christian high neck sweater. Yes, well, yeah. If you look at the clothes that, that she wears. Is that the first sort of time we see her? I suppose like, no. Like, She's always been dressed very conservatively, but this is next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first of many Jim and Pam team ups against Dwight. Um, I always think of um, the episode where there's the fire. And um, he's in the car listening to the whole of or something. Yeah, everybody hurts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, R.E.M. R.E.M. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I really like the episode when they go stay at Shrew Farm. Actually. Yes, yeah, great episode. Uh, we have three. We have uh, three rooms. They're themed Americana, irrigation. <laughs> I can't remember what the third one is. What's the third one? I don't know. But I know it's... they sleep in ir- ir- irrigation. Yeah. Um, she, oh, night. I think it's yeah, like night or yeah. something like that. And she hears the banging of the door. She's inside the window and it's just mows on the door. Yeah. <laughs> can, I make, can I actually make a reference? It's not really office related, but it sort of is. Um, I was watching the news yesterday and um, they had Jason Appomattis on it. And he's not blonde anymore. Okay. He's got a different haircut. He looks exactly like Mose. <laughs> I am not even kidding. He looks exactly like Mose. I didn't recognise who it was at first. <laughs> Um, I was going to say as well in regards to the um, Jim and Pam team up again it's planting the seeds of their characters because Pam does approach Dwight like he's a human being like she's very un- like tries to like kind yeah. of appeal to his sympathism whereas Jim just treats him like a jerk yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a classic Michael Scott yeah. pretending like he wants it it's like the Willy Wonka thing oh yeah Willy Wonka where he blames a bad decision on someone else and yeah. then tries to claim it if people like it. Yeah. Um, Pam's also very glassy-eyed in all these episodes. Like, if you look at Susan, she's always on the verge of tears. Probably because she works there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but you do say, like, a lot of these characters are very two-dimensional at this point. Like, Meredith isn't the Meredith that she becomes. Yeah. China? Because yeah. I want that cover. And Stanley doesn't really interact with people. And again, like, Kevin yeah. isn't an idiot in He's just, he's just slow. Yeah. And there's not even so he just talks slowly. Like, yeah, he's just kind yeah. of like they do um, really slow his mental mm. faculties. Like he's essentially yeah. a, he's essentially a man in a diaper by the end of the show. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know what we we're sort of in fact oh, three sorry. episodes in, no creed by the way. Yeah. But he's in a we've seen him by I had a really interesting note here. I love this bit because it's the setting up of the accounting family. Like the comments that they make to each other, Angela and Oscar make yeah. is very you know, Oscar's the dad, Angela's the yeah. mum, Kevin's the it kid. It sort of sets up the dynamic. Yeah, I love how they set that up that early. It's like, it's so, it's it's so well done because like when they link back to it in future episodes and you just see like when Kevin and Oscar like team up together, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's like dad and son and everything mm. like that. Oh, uh, Dwight, coming up with your brilliant plan. It's a very big head in this season. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's got to do with another thing. I think it's, I think the shirt really distracts, like kind of, really kind of put that space in it. And it's also the haircut. Because later on when he gets his, I think when he gets rid of the curls and it becomes yeah. like kind of a straight hair to it. Because, mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's a big head. Sorry, Ray Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Big head, uh, little nose. If you're listening to this, yeah. promote us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I do love as well how he's always like, oh, I'm so busy, got lots of things to do. Yeah. And he's like, there's going to be a big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the surprise at the end is... Uh, <laughs> is what everyone expects it to be. Yeah. He's like, what do you think it is? We think you don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everything's paid for, you know, we just got on like this cruise and it's all expenses paid. <laughs> I do, I do love that he really does want the best for them, but he has no preparation or understanding yeah. what the things he wants entails. It's, mm-hmm. you know, later on you talk about how, you know, he's going to be a millionaire and have a yacht, and he's like, I must be doing pretty well because I have a yacht. <laughs> yeah. And he thinks he's going to be like a famous movie star and all these things. It's sad that the thing that he can really do the best for them is just be a good manager. And you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, although I would argue, by the end of it, at least one person admits that he is a great man. Yeah. Um, well, because yeah, 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 yeah. that's a very emotional moment. Oh, yeah, that yeah. makes me again like you. Once we get to the like the height of the emotional points in the show, don't be surprised if I start crying when we're talking <laughs> yeah. about it. Because oh, I love this as well. Because I love the made-up diseases, and I love that Pam is more creative and silly than Jimmy yeah. like yeah. I think even though you know you can disregard it a little bit of the first season these moments between Jim and Pam uh, yeah what, stick makes, with it, what yeah. makes season 2 yeah exactly because that's the thing I always find that when we start at season 2 I've missed out I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through their love story I've missed out on those yeah. little seeds which are always like the, the beautiful parts mm. I, I always think back because the very first episode of The Office I ever saw wasn't episode one but it was Tanner and I were away on holiday um, one year um, and we just, just turned the TV on and I guess it was like halfway through an episode of The Office and it's the episode of Michael's birthday where they got the skating rink yeah. so all we saw was them like going shopping for things for the party or whatever yeah. I was like oh that's kind of a cool little relationship and then I never thought anything of it and then later on we watched it I'm like oh I remember this I'm like oh that really is a vital moment for their relationship yeah, like, it's yeah, really... yeah. so it's interesting like being someone who's never watched the show before and never seen anything to see Luna's really sad that they're not paying attention <laughs> to her. Um, it's interesting that like, just in a clip, like you can get a whole like, kind of snapshot of what they're trying to tell with the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the forged medical information. Yeah. <laughs> I love what happens next. Here's a bit. There's a bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, A moment in the office that makes no sense compared to the rest of the entire show. Angela <laughs>, laughs at a joke that apparently... Jim wrote, and it wasn't Jim in the end, actually, it was, it was um, Pam. Yeah. But she, Angela laughs at joke and this at Dwight's um, expense. Yeah. Never again would she laugh at his expense or laugh at a Jim joke. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, like, I mean, she does have her moments, she does have her moments where she sort of, like, smiles or laughs a little She bit does, something. but it's generally in relation to Dwight doing something yeah. Yeah. because she Well, she hasn't, it. well, from what we can see, she hasn't established yeah. a relationship with Quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you're absolutely right. Um, but at the same point, it doesn't seem she still still doesn't seem like she seems uppity from the beginning. Yeah. Like she still doesn't yeah. seem like she, you know. At least she tried to hide her laughter. 
Yeah. Whenever I think of her smiling or laughing, it's usually like a threat. You know, yeah. she's usually like a bit like, like, like Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, or there's a... I don't know what happens in the episode, but the one where she's like screaming and uh, stepping on, yeah, yeah. on her Christmas Oh, yeah, Kelly kisses Dwight. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah. And she just screeches. It's yeah. the funniest yeah. noise. Oh, there we go. We just had Jim Lockett, uh, Dwight in the office. And uh, this is my interesting point. So, they've locked Dwight into the office, and then they later on, like, interview Dwight. How did the camera crew get into the office without unlocking the door? I actually and noticed then Dwight, that. you know, not quickly coming yeah. out. So, that's a thing. Well, I guess you could that's say, and there's... I mean, look, there's no way to kind of prove or disprove it. It is a long shot. But you could say that one of the camera crew is in the office there. Because the door's closed, so you can't see it beyond there. And That's true, yeah. because you get quite a bit of coverage throughout the office, it's fair to say there's probably people set up in multiple places. Yeah. What, just empty rooms waiting for people to come to them? No, but like in the rooms where people are. Like if everyone's called to the conference room, I can't imagine the cameraman sitting in you know, the annex waiting for people to come back. Yeah. Um, but if it's... And look, there are times where um, some of the stuff they catch doesn't make sense. So there's... Mm. Like at one point, I think later on um, when... Erin uh, wants to dump Gabe. The car, the camera's in the car with them, yeah. but it makes no sense that it could be in there. Yeah. Um, so every now and then they do have that, but I think for the most part, if you try to assume that it's a real camera crew shooting a real documentary, yeah. they would be they would be set up for a whole day shooting, yeah. so they would be in fixed locations. They do. do they have a lot of uh, fixed cameras in the cars, though. Yeah. 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 Um, but I would also say you don't get a lot of dash cam views, and if they if you do, I just would imagine they would have cameras. It's just set up there, like, yeah, yeah. like GoPros, the equivalent of a GoPro back in 2000. I love here that Dwight calls Jan. Jan, yeah. <laughs> this is acting, re- uh, acting regional manager. <laughs> yeah, acting regional manager. Dwight from sales. Um, and it, Announces it upon himself. Yeah. And again, it feels like foreshadowing, because later on, yeah. he calls her like behind Michael's back yeah, and stuff as well. And they're all the same flavor, yeah. which is plain. Yeah. And, like, Michael has... <laughs> to get to the ice cream sandwich. And these coaties were... Uh, so it's, like, yeah. winter as yeah. well. One of the funniest moments it'll come up in a second is when he throws it to Kevin. Yeah. His reaction is so slow. <laughs> and Michael has a perfect out here where he could say, yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. And it's not great, but it's a whole lot better than yeah. the way it ends for him. Than the drum roll. <laughs> oh, my God, the Scary drum roll. sets him up. <laughs> Right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see <laughs> <laughs> uh, The amount of things that... And I love how he sees Dwight locked yeah, in there. Yeah, he's walking his He's like, I'm not dealing with this. It goes... Like, again, he does that a lot. Oh, this is the bit that you like. <laughs> <laughs> just throws it to him into the glass. So this is the bit you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, uh, Michael does a lot of things where he sees something, he knows he should just think about it and just leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's one of the Christmas party ones where Meredith takes her shirt off. Yeah. And she's like, shakes the car and walks off. It's a very thin Stanley there. Yeah. I can't remember what half the diseases were um, that uh, Pam made up, yeah. but there's some good ones in there. There's like government created, like, I love also, um, I think we've already passed it, but when they're discussing, the, when Jim and Pam are discussing the diseases and they're making it up, Pam gives him this look, like, this, like I've fallen in, like, this I'm in love look. Yeah. Again, I, I, 
I'll probably spend every episode discussing how great an actress that Jenna Fisher is. is amazing, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Do you find though that I found this today is I just want to go through the show again. You know, it's going to be tough to wait two episodes a week. Yeah. I think especially once it starts to pick up, like yeah. when, when some more interesting things happen. Um, but yeah, I do feel that, and it's funny because we just finished watching it through recently. Yeah. Like, I think maybe. Uh, what did Kevin, what did Kevin say? Um, when, like the animal fishy. Oh, the animal fishy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one has that here. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> but as I was saying to, to Tina last night. Um, Based on my understanding what an anal fissure is like, there's no way he'd be sitting down if he had an anal fissure. Because um, it's meant to be excruciating. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah apparently, apparently, like, the only thing you really do is lie in bed until it gets better. Um, that was me agreeing into a water bottle, by the way. And this, is, my last note is that Michael is tough to watch during the surprise review. Oh, it's... The drum roll's hard enough. Yeah. He almost, you almost think he has something and then yeah. he stops when he's... No, my, my most hated bit is like, what time is it? Oh, it's after five. Yeah, hey, Jan, why are these after five? Mm. Well, I guess yeah. that's what they are now. And you're just like, oh, yeah. just say it, man. Don't pretend. Just say it. Yeah. And this is the bit. This is the bit you're talking about. Yeah. And you watch like everyone is waiting to hear and him. And you see yeah. Jim and he's just like... Yeah. 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 Jim's angry in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Who's the guy behind Angela? Is that Devin? It or is that just some be. random guy? Because I think Devin, if it is, he changes in season two because he's a different actor. Well, when he gets fired. Yeah, yeah. And I always feel like he's wearing a hobo hat, but I could be... Yeah. He's because he's wearing the hobo hat in the episode where he gets fired. Yeah. yeah. It's just that Oh, that's right, he is true, yeah. And my thing, like, I was, when we were sitting here watching it, I was like, I would have walked out. I, like, so, like, I know they'll walk out eventually, but it's just like... It's a real slow peter like, as well. Yeah, like, like I'm like, why are you all just still standing there? Just, just, just get out, just leave, get out oh, now. Here's the drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> Such a terrible, terrible drum roll as well. Um. He's so like, his brain is going, not even not thinking, just his brain going, I can't think of anything, I can't think of anything. No, he's thinking, he's trying to think of something. Sea Pearl's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, he's bereft at this point, like, we look at his experiment, like, he knows he's got nothing, and then, this is what they do so well, you see him absolutely like a fish out of water, and then they're talking head shot (laughs) and saying how good he is in situations like that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's and then his quick, quick uh, improv battle with uh, <laughs> Robin Williams. Williams. I don't know what he says I, here. I work from work. I'm spoke from the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it a minute. I'm giving you a fact about the improv class before you can talk more about it what happens but one of the main guys in improv class is Ken Jong from the community yeah that's right he's also Chow in hang- Hangover he's also Dr. Ken Jong he's a real doctor he is mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that as well it's a nice little take at the end where he forgot to tell Michael that Jan's yeah. disappointed yeah. in him yeah um, and that's it for the end of uh, the second episode episodes two and three 
They're in the bank. It is. It really is strange because later on you do hear like a performance review by Jan, yeah, and she refers to being out, being out of sticks and how she can't handle yeah. it. But it's not like there's no reason to fire him. Like he's just bad at his job. Like yeah. you can fire someone for not performing correctly. Like especially when someone like his, someone like Mark has been given as much leeway as he has been given. It is yeah. a miracle that he's managed to hold on to it as long as he can. And I think it ties back into what we were saying before about how this is a pre-David Wallace under Mifflin, so they're kind of like, just deal with it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That old school mentality. You know, he wants to be a manager, at least. Yeah. So, you know. It's like the, how the people in leadership and management roles are always been there for years and years and years yeah. because it's hard to replace them than it is to replace the lowly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's And also, he's not getting paid a lot of money either, like we find out later. Like, he's yeah. making less than a lot of him yeah, that's right, that's right. that he's in charge of. So, uh, thoughts on that episode? Hard, man. It's, it's hard tough. It's because of the awkwardness. There are elements of it, and they do steer away from it later on. Um, and they I mean, look, they still go for that awkwardness, but this is. I think the comedy more comes from the crazy um, illnesses than anything else. I yeah. think that's the part that's. Funny. Yeah. The rest of the episode is really just kind of like cringing and feeling bad and yeah. sorry, and but at the same time going, oh. It's very stiff, and I think it has a lot to do with them, even though a lot of them are like, we're not trying to be like the British office. Like, they clearly are trying to capture the tone of the yeah, British exactly. office. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, in season two onwards, they become their own thing. It's, it, it's not as reliant on. Uh, Steve Carell for the funny moments, you know? Yeah. No, not expand, a yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Dwight's that's got right. a bigger part in this one. We see uh, most of the people have what, at least a line or two. Mm-hmm. We are, yeah, we're starting to like, add dimension to our characters. Like, yeah, Dwight has a, a very big role in it. We're starting to see different shades of Jim and Pam, um, who have been pretty prevalent in the first two episodes anyway, but now there's a lot more rounding out. Like, you see Jim uniting people against Dwight, yeah. which happens a lot in the show. Um, the next episode is The Alliance. What's that episode? I don't remember. Oh. We'll find out next week. Then episode 5 is my favourite one, season 1, which is Basketball. Basketball, yeah. When he got back in Stanley to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and he's yeah. reaching out, he's so bad. Uh, and then is we'll, The Alliance the beginning of um, Assistant 2, the regional manager? No, that's, that's started from the first episode. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think what the alliance is. The hot girl is the last episode of the season. That sets up Jim's other romantic interest, which is... Uh, who's the actress again? Amy Adams. That's right. That's right. Russell Brand. No place for it here in the office discussion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find out what the alliance is about, just because I can't remember what it is, and I'm interested to tease next week's episode. Um, so you can talk amongst yourselves with me in the were there any parts of the episode that you didn't like? Uh, no, no. I thought it was pretty good, pretty consistent. Um, what's up next? The Alliance, I can't even remember that one. But yeah, Basketball, that's going to be a good episode. Uh, I love how he's uh, so cowardly when he's down with the... Uh, yeah, when he's down with, with the warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's loading, guys, so I'll know in a second. I'm sure, I can't remember what this is at all. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not uh, looking forward to is the episode, The Office Olympics. Oh, you don't like that one? I love that episode. Uh, oh, I love that episode. 
The one that I'm not looking forward to is um, Did I Stutter? Oh, that one's because it's so yes, awkward. Yes. Yes. Um, Why don't you like me? Yeah. The alliance, this is the synopsis, and I vaguely remember this. It says, just for a laugh, Jim agrees to an alliance with Dwight regarding the downsizing rumours. And oh, I think it's them. I think it's them preparing for the worst. He's like, yeah, he's like, we've got to get ready for the downside. But I don't remember. Did they go on a sales call? No, but I, I was going to say that as well. Like, one of my favourite things is Team Jim and Dwight when they got sales calls yeah, together because yeah, yeah. they put their, their, all their pettiness aside and they're actually yeah. a really yeah, great sales really good. Yeah, And then yeah. before they go in, Dwight's in the car. <laughs> and <they're laughs> doing the electric guitar. There's that really great one um, where they're talking and they dial the phone and they get Kelly to answer the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking as well... This <laughs> when they pretend that they're like um, father and son or is it brother and brother? They're brothers, like they're yeah. Family, yeah. Um, I was, uh, I was thinking this morning as well. Trooper. Do I trooper? Because if this is our favourite sitcom, then I think our second favourite sitcom at least my is Parks and Rec. Um, have you watched much of that yet? No, no. Because Tina and I, after we finished watching Parks and Rec finally, we came up with, we had this fantasy of having a crossover yeah. episode between The Office of Parks yeah. and Rec. Because they're written by the same team, uh, I was like, oh, it'd be so good if you do an episode. We actually like, I never wrote it. Did I, I didn't physically start writing it, but I started taking notes because I had the perfect crossover episode. If anyone who has seen Parks and Rec, like I think it makes sense that um, we're going to have David Wallace get um, Michael to form like an investigative team to head over to um, Pawnee, Indiana, which is where Parks and Rec is set, and they have to go um, meet the site for the new Dunder Mifflin paper manufacturers, and they're going to yeah. farm the parks in in Indiana. And so, like, Leslie, who's um, played by Amy Poehler, she's all about nature, so she doesn't want it to happen. So yeah. you have all these characters interacting. And you also have... Um, oh, what's her name? Who plays Karen? Ka- um, oh, um... Oh, Sasha Jones. She plays a character on both shows. Yeah, but not, so I was going to be like, they could come over and they'd see Rashida Jones as... Um, what's it? Because of A... Oh, Anne. She plays Anne in Parks and Rec. So you have Kevin... Oh, the most basic name. We couldn't remember. I haven't watched it in a while. So you could go over there and have, like, Kevin be like, Karen? And, like, you looked a lot like the girl we used to work with. And then, like, they could be related through, you know, cousins or whatever. whatever, So you can still have that. Yeah. And I was like, you would try to plan, like, all the characters would get on and then who wouldn't. Like, Ryan would be really um, impressive to, like, some of the younger kids. Like, to Aziz and Sarah's characters that would be technology and stuff. Um, But alas, that show's never going to happen. They're both finished. They're both done. They're both done. Yeah. But I would love that. I would love to see. We, you should watch Parks and Rec. It's good. Because yeah. I think once that she said is done, that's what she said is done. We probably will do Parks and Rec. Yeah. I think. Well, I, you know, I, sh- I think I watched about five or six episodes and just didn't take to it. Did you only watch the first season though? Yeah. Same way, same with the yeah, office. Oh, okay. the first season, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And then it was months, yeah, until or maybe even a year until like. Well, I, I watched. Like, All right, maybe I'll start. Watching. I you watched, were like, oh, the second season's really good. I watched two episodes of the second season. I was like, Tim, we should give another go. And she was like, oh, I don't want to. The opening of the first episode of season two, like the pre-credit sequence, is um, Amy Poehler rapping to the Fresh Prince for like a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. straight. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, it's a setup for, like, a, a much different punchline. But, like, it's just so mesmerising when you're like, all right, I'm back in. Like, yeah, I'm check yeah, it out. And it's yeah. another one of those shows where I think it really picks up, Parks and Rec picks up after season two. Like, I think season three, yeah. once you get Rob Lowe and Adam Scott in there, yeah, that's, that's right. when it's really yeah. good. 
And because um, Amy Poehler and Adam Scott have that Jim and Pam type relationship, and they're trying to keep it secret because they work together, and it's, oh, it's yeah. so good. But it's, it's a much like, dorkier level of relationship. Yeah, it's like, much dorkier. Like Adam Scott's character is a huge like Game of Thrones nerd and yeah. stuff, and yeah. he comes up with his own like ten-sided die board game and <laughs> stuff. Like, um, but and again, like thematically very different to the office as well. I find it's um, it has the same heart as the office. But none of the kind of like none of the cringe. Like yeah, I don't feel anywhere near as like awkward. Like because the last season of The Office, I think really, especially for me, really toys with your heart. Where you're kind of like, wait, no, you can't do this to me with Jim and Pam now. Like, yeah. don't. We're so close to the end. I remember Tina had a theory. Um, never thought she was going to be right, but I'm really glad she wasn't. She thought that Jim was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually thought that it might happen as well because otherwise. There's no point to him having high blood pressure in one episode. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my god, this is setting it up. See, and fighting. to me, my my thought of that was always, um, it's just showing that their arguments are so petty. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's meant to be. It's not meant to set. Like, it's not meant to foreshadow something horrible happening in the future. It's meant to be like, she's all caught up on him. You know, you know, maybe being around a cute girl. You know, for a couple of months when she should be really like, hey, the most important thing is that. You guys are together and in love and you have a family and focus on what's really important, not, you know, some speculation yeah. or thing that hasn't happened yet. Well, maybe he does die. We'll never tell. Well, he well, will eventually. Die eventually. Well, he is dead because the office is done, so... <laughs> yeah, all the characters are dead now. They've been killed off, unless they revive it in that Parks and Rec crossover that yeah. we want to happen. Uh, well, once again, we've kept to a really nice kind of time frame. We've done just over an hour again. I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about. I think we've covered it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have, have a great week. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know why I laughed. It was really nice yeah, that you said that. No. I apologize. Tina, have a great week. I will, thank you. Don't die. <laughs> yeah, I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Um, this time next week we might have some reviews of The Revenant, so I will have hopefully seen it. But yeah, I don't want to say too much because obviously you're going to go see it. Yeah, I'll, um, I should have watched it by next week, I would imagine. Uh, I may have also seen The Hateful Lake by then. Um, when's that out? Tomorrow. By the time people are listening to this, it'll be out in 24 hours. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, Goodbye from Deschamps Avenue. Where <laughs> this place no, is. from where? From Scranton. Oh, uh, yeah. Scranton, Scranton <laughs> Yeah. Um, that is episode two of the, one of my new favorite podcasts. Uh, episode two of That's What She Said. Uh, I'm James Jones. I'm Tina Harris-Hings. Nick Owen, out. Nick Cradboard Owen. <laughs> and uh, we will leave you with our friend uh, Michael G. Scott. All right, guys. Well, see you later, warehouse. Catch you on the flippity-flip. <laughs>